Hi everyone, it's your old friend and MC, Ross Shaper. And after two years of virtual EEA awards, which was an out-of-body experience for me, I couldn't tell if you were eating, drinking, laughing, or even if you had pants on. But we're back. The EEA Gala will be live and in person May 24th at the Grand Hyatt downtown Washington, D.C. We're going to be celebrating 195 of the top engineering achievements in the nation, and this year we'll highlight the top 36 projects and reveal the Grand Conceptor live at this event. Now, for those of you who have been with us before, we've called this the Oscars of the engineering world because it's such a glamorous night of getting dressed up, great food, great entertainment. Regretfully, however, this year, Will Smith's schedule will not allow him to attend. But you can. So join us for the grand celebration of the crucial importance of engineering to society and to the world. That's May 24th at the Grand Hyatt in D.C. I'm Ross Schaefer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And uh, we are very pleased to be joined by Abby Goodman with ACEC Massachusetts. And we always like to go back to our member organizations and see exactly what they're up to. And if they have anything going on that is uh, you know, really good for the Federation, because, uh, you know, different states are doing different things and it might bleed over to other states and best practices might be found or identified. And, and, and it's always great to share information. And we do have a really good subject today, especially now with the focus so much on talent pipeline. And that is uh, the development of a, of a STEM starter Academy at Massachusetts community colleges and a partnership that ECEC Massachusetts is developing uh, with these academies. And uh, Abby, uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. So how did this come about? Where did you, where did you learn about this program? Um, and, and how did it come about in its development and, and, and your involvement with it? So let me give you a little background. Going back a mm -hmm. few years, ACEC Massachusetts has been involved in a tangential way with the many opportunities to make students, K-12 students, aware of STEM-related careers in the infrastructure and engineering sector. I, I had an opportunity a few years back to work with a gentleman, Dave Cedrone, who's the Associate Commissioner for the Department of Higher Education in Massachusetts, on some of these activities. And then he took on this new role, reached out to me and said, we've got this program that has had eight years of very effective and growing um, positive evaluations called the Massachusetts STEM Starter Academy based at the 15 community colleges in Massachusetts, where we are trying to help our community college students focus on a range of courses in the STEM area, and then help to direct them to STEM-related careers. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great program. It, it is a great program, and they've been effectively evaluated and, and have been very successful in other sectors. Now, um, because I had this long-term um, working relationship with the commissioner, I was able to um, work with him to have him present to our HR forum 
people, the, the HR directors and related personnel in a lot of our member firms, as well as our STEM task force, which also is focused on K-12 educational opportunities. But this year we decided to ramp it up because so many of our firms have come to us and have said they have job openings, immediate job openings, not only in the traditional engineering world field where they're looking for EITs right out of college, but they're recognizing that they need to have a broader pipeline of, of students who are coming to them for a range of openings in their offices. Yeah, that's a really good point because when we look at the pipeline issues, so many times we say engineers and we talk about the licensed engineer who is involved with designing the projects and, and, and kind of working in that highly specialized area. But what we're noticing is that firms have openings at every level um, and some of them are technical and just not, you know, the kind of positions that don't require the same amount of, of rigorous licensing that you have from, from, a, from a PE. You have people who are, um, can be on the technical side. If, you, know, you and I discussed the idea of, 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 that, of that land surveying and, and land development portion you know, and, and getting that next generation of, of land surveyors engaged in the industry. And then also um, firms are getting more engaged with drone technologies and, and having people who are qualified and, and, and trained up on flying those drones and, and operating some of this technology that the community colleges are a great place to develop this talent to fill that pipeline for our industry. Um, you noticed, you mentioned that a lot of the firms, you know, had, had immediate openings. I mean, what was the general reception from your member firms in, in Massachusetts um, about this overall program? Some of the firms got it right away and have already yeah. started feeding through a, an application called Handshake job openings they have to the community college career coordinators. In some cases, it's taken a little bit longer, but we're building those partnerships. Um, I think that part of the challenge is, while there are some people on the community college campuses that know our industry, two of the STEM Starter Academy coordinators actually worked at our firms years ago, but on the other campuses, they don't have the same kind of connection. So we're, we're about making those connections. If you don't mind, I'd like to give you an example of two yeah, success absolutely. stories that we know that go back a few years, but can speak to what the possibilities are. So we've got um, one young woman who's now a professional engineer at one of our member firms. Her name is Bethany. Bethany started at Fitchburg State University thinking she might want to do um, landscape design, wasn't quite sure, took a range of courses, realized that wasn't for her, took a step back, and transferred over to Quinsigamon Community College in Worcester, Massachusetts. She got her uh, part of the way through her associate's degree and realized that she loved water infrastructure and engineering, and then transferred to Worcester Polytech, which is a private well-known engineering and related institution and got her degree. Today, she's a practicing professional engineer at one of our member firms and doing very well. Another example is our own Mass Department of Transportation Highway Administrator. Again, came coming out of high school, wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do. Started at Mount Wachusett Community College years ago, got his 
associate's degree and then transferred to the University of Massachusetts at Lowell and then went on to pursue a very successful career. Yeah, those are two great examples because they show two people who were very, you know, interested in the field and ended up with an interim step at a community college, right? And 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 then went back to the, your your traditional, you know, uh, four year university or college to finish out their education. You know, there there's a lot of 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 opportunity for people who are even in that community college space kind of figuring things out where do i want to go and how do i want to specialize to start working while they're doing that too and then going back and then finishing up the degree and then adding value you know to their to their firm or 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 creating more opportunities to be part of the industry um and of course you know it never hurts to be in that position and then end out as the actual you know highways administrator. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really good example. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't jump right into that position. He had some yeah. steps along the way, but he's a, he's a great example of the success story, but it does take mentors from our community, from our engineering firms. It takes strong partnerships with the HR departments, with the schools. And I think that we can have some good successes here. Yeah. I think the mentorship is important because, you know, we talk about from ACEC national, our position, when we look at issues related to workforce and, and the talent pipeline, you know, we're so focused with the engineering firm. And of course, you know, that's why we're here. We, we represent the interests of the businesses that are doing the work and our focus is largely on policy. Where does that have, you know, that usually comes in with some immigration policy with H2B visas. It might come into incentivizing STEM programs um, at, at, you know, higher education, but it's that on the ground mentoring to, like you said, ex- get that exposure out there. This is what our industry is. This, these are what our firms do to the students who are hungry for the information. Um, you know how how have you helped your member firms work in that mentor environment and get engaged with that? How are you encouraging them to do so? It's it's mostly through our STEM task force. So we've been very mm-hmm. focused on having every member firm provide us with at least one professional and or HR director from their firm who can join with us on a Zoom every month or so to talk about opportunities to partner on the campuses, opportunities to actually partner in some of the high schools around the state as well, and to give some students some internship opportunities and really sit with them and help them um, develop along the way. And I think I, ha- I have to say it's it's a bit easier for the midsize and larger firms to do this. It's yeah. more of a commitment for some of the really small firms. I'm, I mean, it's a commitment for everybody, but it's a really what, when they're when they're short staffed, it can be harder to do that. So that that continues to yeah. be a challenge. Yeah, from the federation level, and, and you're working with your with your peers, yeah, in in NACI, um, How many other states have STEM task forces like? Massachusetts, to your knowledge? Um, I know that there are a few states, I think uh, Wisconsin, maybe Indiana, Mm -hmm. a few others that are focused on STEM activities in schools. 
we've we've embraced this as a slightly different model. We're not sponsoring the activities. There are lots mm -hmm. of activities online, discovery and others for students, yeah. but we're trying to help highlight them so that in the in the hopes that our firms will do some of these online programs with schools nearby. And eventually, as we're getting more and more into the classrooms, be able to go into the classrooms and work with the students. But we're, we don't want to be in the middle. We don't want to yeah. delay that in any way. Yeah, you're just you're kind of facilitating it. You're, you're right. setting the environment where that can happen. But I, I think it's a good best practice, though. I mean, because if, if one of the things that we can do is provide that industry level um, example for people who are interested in, in, in going into engineering is what, you know, where are you going to end up when you have that engineering degree? Well, nine times out of 10, it's going to be with an engineering firm. And, you know, we have, that is our world, right? Um, you know, we, we're, we're focused, of course, on professional development of the employees within the firm, but at the same time, you know, we, we can just, you know, show people, this is what it's like. This is the kind of work that firms do. This is this is what you would be doing if you were to become a you know professional engineer or someone in on on a on technical staff at at a firm. So, you know, for anyone out there listening, I, I really think that this is something to look at because these days with the talent pipeline being what it is, I mean, at the end of the day, it's eighty two thousand jobs out of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that are expected to be added just from the activity in that bill. And, you know, our, our research institute showed that 90% of the firms at least have one opening and over 80% are going to be hiring very, very soon or, or, or making decisions on hiring. So we need to have that new group of talent um, starting up because there are students in high school right now that will be working on projects funded by this bill. When you think about it, right, it's, it's a, it's a five-year bill. Somebody's going to graduate and get get you know their first job, their first crack at a at a project that's that's IIJA. So what what's happening now is going to have implications into the future. I, you know, it's 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 something. Um, I, how would they? What would you recommend um, your 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 colleagues? Uh, do to kind of start this kind of program up, this kind of task force. So so. Um, it would take a commitment from the senior leadership of the board that this is an initiative that people are interested in and probably ask the board members themselves to find one or two people in their firms who could be the initial um, mm -hmm. effort behind this and then reach out to the rest of the member firms, have those people reach out to the member firm saying, hey, we pulled together some resources like Discover E, like ACE Mentor, like the thousands of other programs out there. And we'd like to be able to talk to people in your firms, give them some leads, and hope that your firms will create some effort around this and, and go and partner with your local schools. On the community college side as well, I have to believe that there is a, a big STEM effort with the community college networks in a bunch of the states. I don't have any data mm -hmm. on this, but it's just the nature of community colleges to try to address these yeah. needs. And so reaching out to the Board of Higher Education, the Department of Higher Education, the state to find out who that right person or group might be is a way and make them more aware of this. They Everybody knows roads and bridges. They see them, they use them. They may think about transit. They never think about water infrastructure. So yeah. you, they've got to be reminded these are all the range of things that engineers and related design professionals do. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of ACEC is the fact that we represent the entire um, realm of engineering. Um, and, and you're right, it's, it's you know, you, you know, definitely some engineering sticks out more than others, but they're all important. And water is definitely one of the most important, but it's one of those ones that if you're not directly exposed to it, you might not think about it. So, you know, if, if you have firms in those areas, you know, to be able to say, hey, you know, there is water infrastructure, there is other, you know, there is there is land development, there is, uh, you know, the mechanical side. of Yeah, building of, system you know. design, such a shortage exactly. of fire protection engineers, fire protection uh-huh. systems technicians, mechanical, electrical, plumbing related expertise for design, incredible shortages in those areas right now. But the students aren't going to necessarily think about it. They think, oh, they think, maybe they think about the architect who designs a beautiful building. They don't think yeah. about all the other pieces that go into that. Exactly. And that's, that's the uh, interesting thing about the, uh, the industry. It's, you know, good engineering is silent by design. You know, you don't see it, but it's what makes it actually work. So, you know, being able to bring people and and maybe hopefully, you know, enlighten students about, yeah, it's a beautiful building. That building is, is just an empty shell without all of the equipment and all the, all the, all the design that goes into making it work. And that's where engineering comes in. Um, and that's where, you know, we're trying to do that this week with Earth Day. I mean, you know, it's, it's showing examples of how students can have an impact on their communities through projects. So, um, you know, even with each state's own engineering excellence awards, that's a great example of, of how you can show and bring to the students examples of, of what engineering is because they're actual physical examples of these projects. Um, which, which is another demonstration piece. Now, Abby, there's another thing that's coming up around the corner, which I'm going to talk to you about, and this is going to be, uh, happening on, uh, April 29th. Uh, I'm going to bring this up because there's still time to register space is short, but there's still time to register. And it's our private market symposium on healthcare and science and technology. It's happening in Cambridge. Um, and, uh, it's going to be bring together a lot of, of, of experts in this market sector, as well as engineering firms that are working in this sector. Um, yeah, you're you're very. I mean, Massachusetts this is like ground zero for this stuff. I mean, it's you've got Harvard, you've got you've got um, MIT, you've got all of these higher institu- higher education institutions that are just known for this. Um, how important is it for the having you know to have this 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 symposium? Um, in your home state. We we are delighted that ACC National decided to hold hold this first ever private market symposium on healthcare science and technology here. There is so much happening in Massachusetts. Spaces that were formerly used for banking or for financial services that don't have the same footprint needs are rapidly being converted to laboratory space. We have a really growing um, a big, but even growing more biotech and medical device sector here as well, plus lots of other technology and research going on here. And they all need good infrastructure, whether yeah. it's laboratory space or something else. They they all need to, to have partnerships with engineering firms to make it work for them. Yeah, it's one of those jobs that's not remote. Uh, you can't You can't do lab science at home. You need that. Right space and that infrastructure. And it's really sought after work because if you're an engineering firm that's doing high level work at a biotech facility, um, that's 
that's pretty a grade stuff. I mean, that, that for, for, it's a very competitive space for firms to play in because of, of the level and quality of work that goes into producing those facilities, I would imagine. Yes. Very strict specifications. Yes. But anyway, uh, there is still time to come to Boston. It's very accessible. Um, great in the Northeast, great rail service, air service, and plus people can drive here if they like to. And it's at a great hotel, the Royal Sinesta in Cambridge. I know it's called Royal Sinesta Boston, but it's actually in Cambridge. It's just what they call it. But you'll be right steps away from where a lot of the biotech is happening. And uh, our own Erin McLaughlin uh, will be up there uh, kind of running the show. Um, and of course, she is our private markets expert. Uh, she's doing all the research on these market segments and holding these private market symposiums. And it, it is great to have it up in Boston and on this topic, because another thing that we noticed when we were doing our sentiment study from the ACEC Research Institute is that across the board, healthcare, science, technology, and related areas are, are, are all markets that are uh, our firms are highly optimistic and very bullish on, that they know this is an area for growth. So if you're on the 95 quarter, um, you know, take a day, go up to Boston, drive up, uh, you know, get it, get take Amtrak. Um, easy is easy to get there um, and, and, and attend this event. And you can get more information on it on our website at acec.org. You go up to business resources and drop down on the menu to private markets resources. You'll see the link to the symposium page and really encourage everyone to do that. And Abby, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing you at the convention um, in, in next month. Um, and maybe we can talk about the STEM stuff a little bit uh, more because it's something that we really want to get engaged in. That's great. Um, Jeff, the other thing that I'm going to do, although it may not work for the format of this podcast, is I'm going to send you the link to a resource page that we have where people can download a free presentation, a PowerPoint presentation that they could use if, if they need to do a classroom visit. They can modify it. It's in PowerPoint. It's it's theirs to use, created by our Leadership Education Committee. No, that would be great because I can put it, I can link it to the show notes on the episode so people will be able to access that right off of the, uh, the podcast page. Abby, you do a fantastic job, um, and, and I know that you do a, a wonderful job of keeping your members informed of what's going on. And it's, it's just great to have you on the program today. And with that, we will wrap up today's episode and we will see you again very soon. Again, this has been Engineering Influence Podcast for the American Council of Engineering Companies. We'll see you next time.